Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a holistic health practitioner who studied both conventional and alternative methods. He found most of what he learned to be theory only because when faced with his own health issues, he was forced to find real answers. His questioning mind has given him a unique point of balance in several different fields and speaks only from experience rather than theory. He has been a political candidate, practiced true law, written two books, and has lived homeless without money. He always puts an experience before material or monetary gain, which has given him many valuable lessons. His main goal with a client or audience is to inspire them to open new avenues of thought. Welcome to the show, Tom Barnett. Thanks, Matt. It's good to be here. Yeah, man. I'm so stoked to have you on. It's been a long time coming. I've been kind of watching you make the rounds and we're having a nice chat before the show and uh, was just saying that, you know, you're kind of the guy that I can imagine just wants to be left alone. You know, you're very intelligent. You like surfing. You like, you know, living life the way that you want to live it in a very peaceful manner. And the world is kind of forcing you to come out to share your knowledge and what you've learned um, to help other people because, a lot of people out there, we know something's wrong, but we don't know what to do. Like we were talking a little bit about Cal Washington, which I'm so out of depth. And we're going to get into that here, but a little bit about natural law. You know, you're one of those people who kind of understands the limits and regulations a little bit. And I know it only a small amount from doing law in school, um, but not enough, you know, only a little bit of criminal courses here and there. Um, but Cal blew my mind you know, mm -hmm. of what was possible. And so you're kind of one of those guys where you're using that information, but you just want to, you want to be independent and sovereign in your own life. But, you know, Cal was found through Josh Del Sol in our group, um, who was talking about the smart meters hurting people and giving off a little bit of, uh, uh, what was it? Was it give off something terrible? Do you know what I'm talking well, about? It, there's a lot of electromagnetic radiation that comes from it. I don't know if there's anything more yeah. specific. Yeah, radiation. Yeah, that's that's the one I was looking for. And uh, but people didn't have anything to say. No, they knew they were coming on their uh, houses, but they didn't know how to to get rid of them. But then Cal Washington actually was very successful in giving them a notice of liability and getting it off the homes in Kelowna and other different spots. And so that's where he kind of came out of the woodworks to help people. And that's kind of how I see what you're doing now is coming in and, and helping people understand some things so they can. Um, remain free like to, to make their own choices and so i'll stop yammering um but i'm a fan of what you're doing and why don't you give people who don't know you at all just a little background on, on your experiences and your journey to get to uh where you are today yeah okay well i uh so when i started i'll go back to school so i was pretty good in school like i learned how to i could learn real quick that was kind of like my thing so i could easily learn i had a gravitation towards science and uh, so I picked things up pretty quick. And uh, when I got through high school, I was starting to get really re rebellious and uh, rebelling against the school and parents and all that kind of thing. And um, I just could see so many things that just didn't add up. So the, what we were doing at school didn't add up. And then even my parents getting a parking fine and it's got this amount on it. And I'm like, how does that, like, how can you force someone to do that? Because if you don't pay it, you're, you're going to end up going to jail like after a few steps of not following the system and then they're just making up money amounts for fines. And then it's, there's these mortgages. You have, and I'm just thinking like, why are people running into this kind of system? It just doesn't really make sense to me. So 
I didn't have anyone around that could help guide me as to why it didn't make sense and what alternatives were. So I ended up with a lot of frustration and anger towards the system and everything. And then um, in my early 20s, I was a, I'd become an athlete by then and I was training and competing, running a business. And uh, I got really sick because I just punished myself. Uh, I was working way too much, training way too much. I just got another round of vaccines when I was 19 before I went to uh, Indonesia to surf. And that was a bad choice, <laughs> which I kind of, I was really made to feel like it was, you couldn't not do it by the nurses at the college. And um, yeah, so I had some reaction to that. And yeah, anyway, things went downhill a bit. And then uh, with everything that I'd learned through science and studying medicine and studying the body and none of it helped. And then also going and paying specialists a lot of money and losing all of my money, that didn't help either. And that got me even more frustrated and angry because I'm like, you are the guys that I'm learning from. You're the guys I'm looking up to. You're the guys society says are proficient and helpful and, and have your best interests at heart and know what you're doing. And they weren't helping. And then they're like just ostracizing you and shutting you out when what they're telling you isn't working because yeah, they can't back it up. And then, so then I got more into the natural health world and uh, then later I was just coming up against more of the system, more and more, and I'm just seeing so many injustices. So I got led into learning more about what you call natural law. And that was purely out of a necessity to protect my own, uh, my own sovereignty, I guess you'd call it, or just my own rights, despite actually having no interest in law, which I still don't have. <laughs> but I think it's, uh, it's one of those things, like you said, it's become a necessity. It's like something I've been pulled into and while there's a need to uh, talk about it, to help people, other people in the world get through some of the blocks that I got through, then it's, uh, you know, that, that's what I'm doing now. That's awesome, man. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I want to dive into. We'll talk about the basics of natural law, because like I said, I had Cal on and I was trying to understand what he was talking about. And I've been communicating with him since our show. So you're, mm -hmm. I think you're able to kind of lay it out in a, in a simple and easy to understand way. Then I want to dive into some of the, the bigger stuff because you, you breezed over your, your background, but you have a really in-depth understanding of like biology and viruses and a lot of, you know, in-depth medical stuff. And we're both in a group where they talk about germ theory versus terrain theory and, you know, viruses being dead and how they can't spread. And one of my friends sent me your video about why viruses can't spread. So maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, why don't we, why don't we just start there with, um, you know, your understanding of a virus, because the one question that I have, and I've been talking to Alex Sakaris of Skeptico as well, he goes, well, with the, what he doesn't understand with the, terrain theory so germ theory versus terrain theory germs are out to get you right and then you get sick terrain theory says it comes from within the body that the body needs to be compromised in order for whatever virus to come and hold and, and grow and do whatever it's going to do to you that's negative but if you're strong and healthy and vibrant you got no problem i equate it to like a shield or like uh you know like a mutant where whatever that guy is colossus where he's got the shield there's there's no problem we live in a dangerous environment but the body is extraordinary and we have like god nature intelligence in it and i feel like that would trump whatever thing that we have out there so that's a side note um but yeah. the distinction he wanted to say is like okay if we haven't isolated the virus which is you know kaufman and and I think Cowan and some others, how then are people saying that the virus started within China? And so I, I would ask you for that distinction and, and what you think of that ramble I just shared. 
Yeah, sure. No, I think I don't think it started in China. There's there's only two possibilities. One is that, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what he meant in more detail, but I don't think it started in China because nothing spread around the world. That's the thing. Because every single body, our, our bodies, they all have coronaviruses in them. And the PCR test that they're using to test for it means that anybody that can take the test can potentially show a positive test result. Uh, despite having no symptoms and there's and so what they've done is they've needed to concoct this huge story to make it look like the way they already intended to test and put media stories and put uh, fudge numbers out and whatever they already intended to do that well before this all started so having this theory about it starting in China and spreading around the world that just follows their narrative of an airborne pathogen the same way they do in movies. They've always done it. They're like trying to figure out how's this thing spreading. Then they're like, oh, it's in the air. Holy shit. And then all the music comes in and it's like, and then people go, oh my God, that could be us. You know, that's what they do with movies. They precondition us to believe a certain way of a certain narrative. And so um, that's what they're doing with this. Because this is what happened when it first came out. And I started hearing about it only because people were sending me stuff going, have you seen this virus thing in China? And I'm like, well, there's people falling over in the street. And I'm like, I've seen a lot of viral activity. I've never seen anyone fall over in a street before. And then, um, and then I'm like, well, what are you worried about anyway? They don't, they don't even pass between bodies. They're not passing over the Pacific ocean. <laughs> and then, um, and then, yeah. So then as soon as it started doing spreading, I'm like, okay, well, this is all like, this is just going to be another one of these swine flu, Ebola, SARS, AIDS things. And then, um, and then it was, but times a hundred. So yeah, you can't, the whole idea that it spread from China is the only way that that could be true is that there is some other mechanism by which any body that is being affected is producing a virus or virus-like symptoms or radiation poisoning-like symptoms. And that can come from a few ways. That's either a pollutant that's sprayed in the air. That's a vaccine that a lot of people have taken. Uh, they've been pre-injected with a flu shot in the last six, six to 12 months. Uh, or it's a radiation symptom. So that means 5G. And there's a lot of links to show that uh, Wuhan had that whole stretch of road testing self-driving cars that was blanketed in 5G. And then a lot of the uh, areas that are showing numbers, whether they're real or not, but those areas are also uh, connected to 5G being uh, tested, turned on, used and all that kind of thing. So there's a lot of other correlated factors to suggest that uh, it's there's links to do with uh, atmospheric conditions, whether it's toxicity, pollution, or uh, uh, radiation. Okay, there's a there's a lot there. Um, you know, I think some people will be familiar with what you're talking about as far as um, Ebola and some of the other factors. So if you look at uh, Zach Bush's work, he'll talk about the variety of factors and Robert Kennedy's debate with Alan Dershowitz. I think that's how I pronounce his name. I don't know. Um, you know, talking about how it was the improving the uh, sanitation that was uh, how that how it quote unquote cured it our our, our flatten the curve or whatever. So maybe you can give your two cents on, you know, people are saying, oh, the virus is out there. It's, it's killing people. Well, what I've learned and have spoken about is the PCR test is unreliable. And that, that virus, like you said, 
you know, look up how the PCR test works. I'm not even going to tell you, but the guy who invented it said, don't use this to test viral contagion. If you magnify it enough times, everybody has it. And they're looking for that gene sequence. It's in everybody. So then we got to explain what are people dying from? Well, then we look at the death count. CDC releases that 94% had two and a half pre-existing conditions. So they probably died of those two and a half conditions. Then they did a test that's not very reliable and said, you died of this. People aren't dying in their home of COVID of something to, that gets them. Um, so can you talk about some of the uh, past outbreaks and, and maybe how people healed from that and, and the vaccine agenda with that? Because Robert Kennedy touches on it saying that, you know, there is for profit in vaccine. You're selling a medicine, right? And when you do that, there was a warning at that time saying, don't let the vaccine companies take credit for this improved sanitation because then they can sell it. And now we have mandated health, right? And so that's when you're now talking about, well, how could someone get sick? And Cal was saying, you know, the mix of um, spraying the air, which we now know and has been admitted, um, with injecting the body with a vaccine, now you have a foreign contaminant in a natural perfect body, um, you know, that's made to do what it's meant to do. Like you don't need to go inject a beaver or an eagle for it to function and survive in, in nature. So why, uh, you know, the quote unquote premium or superior beings would we need that, right? We, we're probably perfect as we are. And then you mix with some of those other enviro factors and then being able to understand 5G technology was sending a frequency. And I heard that from several people saying it's a mix of these things that could create an environmental effect that could cause serious illness. So what do you think of all that? Yeah, that's true. So what happens, I guess, to uh, lay a little bit of the foundation. So like you said, the body is a perfect mechanism. If it's if the thoughts are good, if the lifestyle is good, you're sleeping well, you're getting adequate nutrition, adequate warmth and adequate uh, social uh, interaction because we're a tribal species, then you're not getting sick. You might get a few colds throughout your lifetime, but those are simply a cleaning out. Reason for that is that the body does run perfectly, but it sometimes runs into, um, what would you call it? Like just like hiccups where it's not cleaning itself out well enough. And by cleaning out, that means dead and decaying tissue because the body is always uh, replacing its own cells. They die off, they're replaced. As they die off, they're also broke, they have to be broken down. And if that system and process isn't working properly for whatever reason, then the body needs extra help. And that's what nature does. It doesn't attack and infect us. It helps us. So that's why you're looking at bacteria, fungus, and parasites mostly. There are other organisms, but they're the main ones. What they do is they're very efficient at breaking down dead and decaying tissue and or some environmental toxins, heavy metals, uh, plastics, environmental pollutants, things like that. So if they can't do their job, they need, oh, well, first of all, what is their job? Well, their job is to break things down because they are living organisms. They eat and they excrete. So a fungus, a parasite, and a bacteria, they're a living organism. They have a digestive kind of a respiratory, but not really. Uh, they have a, a digestive and a, uh, they have a, a, um, like a circulatory system and a, um, they have a cell nucleus that they produce energy. So what happens is that they eat and when they eat, they break something down to about a fit, uh, tenth to a fifth of its size. So they're really efficient. So that means if you had like a bowl of crap in your body this big, it'll eat it, it'll eat it and it'll excrete something that, about that big. So they're really, really efficient. 
So what they do is they break down all this matter in the body so that we don't have to do it. And then we excrete that through our uh, detoxification systems. Now, if what they break down creates too much toxicity, then they die. They're a living organism, which means that if the environment becomes too, uh, whatever it is, whether it, there's a lack of oxygen or too much oxygen or too acidic or not acidic enough or whatever, if they've created too much of their own waste, they will die inside of it. If that happens, then the body needs a heavy duty cleaner to help clean it out. And that's why a virus is created because the virus is not living. It's simply a solvent. All it does is it's essentially like a soap. It's like, it's like rubbing a, a, a real dirty window with some, with some soap and scrubbing, 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 scrubbing. And then all of a sudden the window's clean. That's kind of like what a virus does. So then that's like the heavy duty cleaner. It's a lot, lot smaller than a living organism, like a hundredth of the size of a bacteria or smaller. So it's, it has a very specific job and it's only comes out because the body needs such a heavy duty clean out because you're not helping the body through your diet, your exercise, your, your rest, your thoughts. You're creating too much of an environment that means that it's not operating efficiently or optimally. So that's why you'll have recurrent fungal parasitic or bacterial infections and recurrent viral infections if those aren't doing their job. So uh, why was I going on that little uh, background thing there, Matt? Because <laughs> I was throwing, uh, that's amazing, by the way, but I was throwing like Ebola on it, like, you know, how oh, the environmental. You know, and, yeah, and it's how that's affecting things, yeah. And Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, so the reason I gave that background is to show that a cell, a body will create these or be home to these processes when it's exposed to a trauma. A trauma can be radiation. It can be uh, like drinking Coca-Cola and eating Big Macs. That's trauma for the body. Uh, thinking too many stressful and negative thoughts, that's trauma for the body. Like all of that creates trauma that has to be dealt with. So then these, whether they're a microorganism that's living or if you have to create a virus, they are the response to the trauma. So if a number of people are uh, exposed to the same cell trauma, then they are going to create the same relatively same or similar um, you know, effects or results such as oh, everyone has uh, a lung condition. Everybody has a liver condition. Everybody uh, has the same, whatever flu like symptoms, whatever that is the body's response. So yeah, to answer your question, it is definitely a, like it's a very much a mix of all of these things put together. And one of the reasons why it's important for the people that have these control mechanisms to make it a little bit like, mm, can't put your finger on it is because if you could put your finger on it, it's too easy. It's too obvious. They need to be a little bit sophisticated about how they go about, you know, what they're doing and what they're creating. Uh, but when you do have an understanding of these things, it's very easy to see that they screwed it up in a number of ways and why it is so obvious that it's all a made up narrative and then, and it's not what's being put out in the media essentially. So the other way though, that people can be all um, like from a natural point of view, everybody can go through the same symptoms, like flu-like symptoms, if they're in the same environment and it doesn't have to be an exposure to toxicity or you know, sprays or 5G or whatever, because what you see in flu-like symptoms, if you have the flu or a cold, that's the end stage of a, detox a detoxification that could have been going on for two or three years. That's like, it's, you haven't just got that. That is the end stage. So you could all be on a deserted island and living pretty well. But if your uh, cell communication with the environment around you 
is triggered to do a clean and it'll do a clean because it's told that it's the right time. The environmental conditions are right. The climate is right. Your body's healthy enough to actually undergo a detoxification. Then many of you in the community could go through the same thing. And that's because of your cells communicating with the environment. And I always give the analogy of that's all animals in the wild have that. That's when they migrate, hibernate, when they uh, mate, uh, when seeds know to germinate or to sprout or whatever. That's all as cue from the environment. It's that intelligence of life that runs through all things and has codes. We have that too. So sometimes it's a code to undergo a cleanse. Uh, And then also we talk to each other in the same way. If we're part of a community or a tribe, then we all function together. And if some of us, our bodies know it's the right time to clean out, then others will like, they'll, uh, the cells will communicate and they'll go through the same thing. So there are a number of different ways that you can get like symptoms, but also I think the most important thing is to realize that these symptoms are simply a part of life and nature. They're not to be feared. You don't die from them. After you go through a clean out, you're healthier. It's like getting a car service. You know, you drain the oil, you put new oil in, you know, you, you drain your mucus and maybe you shit yourself for a few days or whatever. It's like, that is a clean. So then you become cleaner afterwards. Why would you fear that? And then we're taught to fear it because we're told we're being attacked, but we're not being attacked. We're being helped. We're being cleaned. We become better and stronger on the other side. You know, measles, for example, when it's in a kid, that's a developmental thing. So a month or so after measles, they'll have a developmental bump. They'll, they'll go up a level. And uh, it's just this mentality. It's this fear mechanism that's being put into people that makes people fear something like a virus when it's nothing to be feared. It's literally something that is helping us. The only way you can die, the only way it can be like, this is a bad thing is if you're weak. And if you're weak, it's because you've been living outside of nature's laws. You think it's fine to take flu shots every year. You know, you just, you don't, you're not picky about what you eat. You just think it's fine to eat whatever. There's all that stuff is bullshit. That's, that's what you think in your mind. And then you're just making yourself so full of, gunk that when that gets cleaned out you might not be strong enough to handle the fallout and so that's when somebody can can pass because of a viral infection which does not kill people in and of itself it's the fallout from that clean out that can make the render the body uh dead (laughs) so yeah well that's an epic explanation the way that i've been equating this it's like i imagine uh, the movie 300 where they're building these strong people and these boys have to like fight wolves. And, and if they were to look at our society now, be like, Oh my goodness, like what is going on? I think there's this George Carlin quote too, where he's just like, why is everybody so afraid of germs? He's like, when I was a kid, I literally swam in like toxic soup. No, seriously. Like there was, there was toxic stuff in the rivers we swam in. And it's just a a testament to what the body is capable of doing as far as healing itself, as far as its abilities. And with pharmaceuticals and the way kind of modern medicine is working, it's always like to cover it. You know what I mean? I'm going to put a bandaid on this like gushing wound or you get a, you get a bullet hole, you know what I mean? And they're going to like, I don't know, put a bandage around. It's like, no, you're still bleeding like pretty bad. You know, you need to figure out what it is. And the other idea is like you look at how people live their lives and you see these people that are, you know, incredibly unhealthy. They're, you know, severely obese, smoke cigarettes. They've got the worst diets in the world. And somehow 
They've been living like that for 20 or 30 years. Is how are you alive? You're literally doing the worst thing possible for yourself and the body is still going. That's yeah. unbelievable the resilience it has. And so I've always been curious about like human potential. You know, I've I've talked to so many people on this show who've cured themselves of terminal illnesses that were supposed to be terminal doing what you talked about at the beginning. Uh, clean thoughts, de-stress, take out all that crap, um, clean food, clean water. And that's essentially it with some other stuff here and there, but nothing crazy, uh, like mm-hmm. nothing crazy. Because when you, when you take all those inhibitors out, all the toxins, all the crappy stuff you're eating, all the sugars, all those things that you didn't register how um, bad they were, the body can then go back to homeostasis. Then, you know, so it makes, it makes uh, sense what you're saying. So you want to add on to that? I, I was going to ask you a question, but I'll get your two cents on that. Yeah, well, I love that analogy. I love the 300 analogy because <laughs> uh, society has become really weak. And it's the, that is the design. It's designed that way because that way when a depopulation is necessary, it's easy. You know, you don't have the you don't have Spartan warriors throwing spears at you. You just got a population that'll fall over. Like like now, they'll all put masks on, or they're all they'll all just bow down. It's really weak, and it's also really easy to knock these weak people off. And how do you weaken a body? Well, you just you first of all you weaken the mind. You weaken the mind, as you'd know from your work. You weaken the body. Then you uh, <laughs> you know you pump it full of chemicals. You put chemicals in the air, chemicals in the food, chemicals in the water, and you inject them with chemicals. They become really, really easy to knock off when the time comes, partly because you can do it with frequencies. You don't even have to do it overtly. You can actually just put the right frequencies in the atmosphere, hello, 5G, 4GX, all that sort of stuff. And then that interacts with the metals and other things that are put into the the adjuvants that are in vaccines, for example. And then you can really easily make a body very sick. You don't have to like make them keel over, but you can make them sick. So there have been a lot of hospitals built over this COVID time that have been empty, but hospitals have been fortified. So it kind of suggests that they're expecting a lot of visits in the near future. And those visits are going to be, it's going to be the slow kind, you know, that I think people are just going to get sick. All these mystery illnesses, all these lung conditions, oh, we can't control it. We have to vaccinate people. And let's get more and more people without people realizing why those people are in there in the first place. So, yeah, I think it is a very much a weakening of society. I think there's still a lot of people that are, you know, not in that boat, but it's the majority of the population that are going to be susceptible to a controlling cull that's going to come. Yeah, and that's one of the things that concerns me is is from the beginning in March, I saw, you know, a potential plan of, um, you know, the first wave basically – you know, hyped up. Then the second wave, actually people start to get sick. Well, this will be when the vaccines come, when everybody has been in stress, which is the number one cause of uh, disease uh, for months. Now they're wearing masks and having like ethylene or oxide or whatever it is. And people are getting sick from that. And then these micro things. And, um, and then if 5g comes right and 5g was like the only thing built in that time and you know, everything was shut down, but now all my town is surrounded by 5g and they just kind of look militaristic which is a side note from what they can do but we do know from cymatics and the study of frequency and um you know josh del sol did the 5g summit and many professors and people at different walks of life said no you know this this matters we need to test this because you can use frequency for good and for bad there's harmonic frequencies and there's um disruptive frequencies and when you shared that um 
example there. I was thinking about Magneto, where, you know, with, with uh, Wolverine, he's, he's got him, you know, like, ah, now I can control you and you're totally toast because of what he had in his body. And so, and I also think about the idea of, uh, I don't know what movie or show it was, but they kill a mob boss in jail by slowly giving him uh, uh, crushed up glass over time. So it wasn't the original one. They just slowly kept it in his food. And like, now we got these people that are going to line up for the vaccines, take their powerful body, right? And say, oh, I need to protect myself with something that has a 99.98% and like, you know, chance of survival. And now you're going to put that in me and that's going to keep me safe. Now all these other people probably get sick. And, uh, you know, it just makes sense. Like that could be the trajectory, right? We need this, we need this vaccine for a savior. But the, ch- the challenging thing is that the people who are on the level that want the vaccine, they want to enforce it on you. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's to me is like the sickness. You know what I mean? This is like, yeah, you can have that belief. You can go around in a hazmat suit if you wish. Right. And if you want me to stay six feet away, I'll even honor that. I won't go near you, but I would like to travel on this planet freely entrust in my body and whatever I perceive spirit or God to be without you establishing a false authority upon me. And that's kind of what I'd like to get into a little bit of your ideas on what I just ranted about, but also the illusion of authority. And that for me was always challenging growing up. Like, why do you get to tell me what to do? You know what I mean? And if you look at our education system, it's so much about sit down, stand up, don't question. These guys know. And and some of the, when some people are waking up, they're like, why would, why would the medical establishment do this? Why doctors do this? They're, they're good people. They have a education system that was set up by Rockefellers and big pharma. There's, they're doing their job. Like even Kelly Brogan, she was on the podcast talking about it. She's like, I was doing, I was, you know, straight A student doing what they told me, but people weren't getting better. And that's when I had to really rethink how I was approaching medicine because what I was doing was not working. Right. And so I had to kind of unlearn and so she could get a lot better results. So we live in this world where we're having authority, you know, hoarded over us because people are wearing different costumes, but really there's no authority in the jungle other than, you know, whatever, you know, bear and wolf hierarchies kind of go. But here we just obey to so many different authorities. Now, even to the point of a local shop owner saying, you know, wear a mask, sit down. And the, and I'll re- end this rant with what, with what I've observed, it would take, this year, if they wanted people to start walking on their hands and knees because coronavirus was, was three feet in the air, that would happen. And then it would take one generation for people to forget. And they would just be like, no, this is just how we walk because there's this deadly virus that goes around. And, and you're witnessing the power of propaganda and media manipulation and people not really questioning and thinking and just they, who, they have my best interest in mind. Who the hell is they? You know, this craziness. So I'm going to yeah. stop talking and let you chime in. <laughs> no, it's good. It's uh, it's that's the worry, but that's what it's always been. Uh, every story from the past is always told of that exact nature, um, from you know Plato's allegory of the cave to stories before that to you know biblical stories to um, every, almost all cultures I think that I've read have a similar story about that control and the nature of humans, and it's always been there for us to to learn from and. It's still there now, but the problem is that now we have so my so many more distractions than we used to have. So we've always had the indoctrination, but now we have so many more distractions like social media and um, just media in general. It's just people are flooded with it, so they're constantly distracted, constantly looking for entertainment or uh, you know some kind of you know uh, stimulation. 
And so people just don't see this. The majority of people don't see it. And then the ones that do see it now more than ever are really frustrated and lost and angry and, and uh, sad in a lot of cases as well. So you're seeing a lot of disharmony going back to the frequency idea. There's a lot of disharmony in the world. Actually, just a quick point as well. I think people should know that even with 5G, uh, when you have a good sense of uh, self, your your resonance can like pretty much ne- just neutralize a 5G signal. You don't have to be, yes, they can make people sick, but that's not a uh, given for every single body. You can, if you've got good, um, you know, self, uh, just self-awareness and a good sort of resonance for your own body and your own mind, then you're not really susceptible to the 5G. So it's the 5G has more implications when it comes to societal engineering, where they want to have smart cities, smart cars, social credit systems and all that. That's actually, to me, the greater worry than just that the um, outright health concerns. But um, yeah, it's always been there, Matt. It's always been there. And it's only people like, you know, we see it and we saw it young and then you know, I don't know about you. Did you get like a lot of anger and stuff growing up because you could see it, but you couldn't explain it or you didn't have other people around you to like everyone around me was just like talking down and, and oppressing. Even if I brought that stuff up, no one was around to nurture that and then guide the way. So did you kind of have a similar experience? Oh yeah. I'm still angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It, no, I definitely had that in, in, and you recognize like when you're younger, you're like, is this even right? You know, these are supposed to be the adults. These are supposed to be the authorities. How can it all be like, quote unquote, wrong or incorrect? And you find that people aren't interested in this conversation. They're interested in doing what's comfortable and what's easy and following in line. And, uh, and that's just, that's what most people are. It's not, a, you know, it's not a good or bad, but if that horde of fish is going away that I don't want to go, I need the option to swim in the other direction. And if you want to pull me with you, you need to frig right off. You know what I mean? And like, even I remember going to uh, having a chat uh, sleepover, you know, in the high school, high school days. And we were talking about university and I was in a class where you had to take one more or in a year where you had to take one more year of high school than four years of university. I'm not opposed to university, although I think it's a money-making thing and you need to be clear on why you want to go because there's good courses. But I was like, that's five years of my life. Um, you know, I want to go travel and snowboard and maybe I can learn independently to figure out what I want to do. And not mm-hmm. one person was thinking about traveling. Not one person was asking the questions that I was asking. And that's when I really realized that I thought differently. And, you know, it's we need to take account for our own lives but imagine the world that we want to build like most people are living their life by default through some other influence that's not their own decision and that's okay if they want to make that choice but if you want to get uh, quiet and clear on who you are and you want to make that decision that's different than others you need to be allowed to make that choice and it seems like that field of thought is really encroaching over here you know, they're like the free thinkers are the threat, you know, it's like, no, we're not, you know, you're a threat, you know, and I know what a threat is through martial arts and you do martial arts too. It's like, you're a threat. You're the person threatening me. You know what I mean? And I'll yeah. keep backing up until I can't back up anymore. I'm going to punch you right in the nose because mm-hmm. now I got nowhere to go. And that seems what it's like pushing, you know, they want to just bring us down to that level. Yeah. And also it's weird though, because they're so outnumbered. So if they do keep pushing and pushing and eventually it wakes enough people up that are just like, hang on, now we're backed against the wall and we're not having this, then they're kind of in trouble. So 
It's, I'm not actually sure what the end game is with that one. I mean, I've got a fair idea of where they're trying to push it all, but at the same time, uh, yeah, there's a lot of... I, for me, it's all interesting, though. It's all kind of a bit of a fun <laughs> ride at the moment to see what's going on and what's going to happen. But um, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to a real inversion of the way nature is. So starting from, you know, you've got the government system, the schooling system, which is actually based on the Prussian education system, which is only meant to really breed willing, obedient, expendable, non-thinking uh, worker bees and to be put into uh, positions like being soldiers or just being just generic workers. That's what that system is. So that's why people like us, which just frustrates the hell out of us. We don't understand why it's like that. And it sh- we know it should be different, but the majority aren't like that. And they, they just flow through it into what is designed for them to walk into going into the parental unit. That's also an inverted thing because in my understanding and a lot of other people kind of have the same uh, way of looking at it is that when a new generation comes through, first of all, we, on some level, choose the parents we're going to come through. We know the life that we're going to be at least starting into. So we kind of have, we already have a pre, uh, not a range, but we just, we know what we're getting into and there's kind of a contractual thing on a higher level based on what we're going to get into. Like we actually understand it and we've agreed to do that. So we're actually consciously partaking in the life that we have now to the point if parents knew that when a kid comes through, it's technically probably going to be more advanced than the next. The kid is really more of your teacher, but we can't, our society kind of flips that and the parents are the controlling. So, you know, you do this, you don't do that. You know, you're starting to show this thing. No, no, that's wrong. Don't think like that. And they neuter it. And then they put him through school. And so it starts there. But if the parents knew that the kid was coming through to perhaps teach them something and that they're actually more advanced and the parent then puts themselves in a guidance role, it's like, here's this thing we have to nurture and take care of and let them explore what they know that that we probably don't even know, even though they're like two or three or five. And we're like, you know, parents, most adults, I keep saying are like 12 year olds in adult bodies. It's very hard for them to function in a way that is open to the possibilities and of life and to understand that these children can be more advanced than them. And if they knew that and their ego was out of the way and they were in fact adults, they would love that. They would relish that responsibility and that opportunity to guide and raise a superior being. I say superior just in that context, a superior being so that they come through and correct some of the, uh, the, the weaknesses in the world. But they don't do that. They oppress them so that then that kid then also goes through school and just becomes another number in the system. So uh, I think it's all inverted from the very beginning. And if all that was switched around, we wouldn't have things like coronavirus. We wouldn't have unhealthy people. We'd have a very free, self-regulating society that is creating something magnificent, uh, like what has been created in the past. Things that today's culture and society cannot figure out what was made a thousand or five thousand years ago. Can't figure it out. I mean, some some people know it's just hidden, but it's like, do you know what I mean? It's like, why are, do we assume we're so smart and advanced when we're killing off the planet? We're killing off ourselves. It's like, come on, like what's, what's wrong with this picture that you cannot see? And it's probably you can't see it because you've you glued to a screen and you listen, your head's being filled with all this um, crap from various uh, channels. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I totally dig all that. And I, I was reminded of this quote when you're talking about um, the body being more powerful than the 5G frequency. And I believe it was Walter Ruck, Russell who said, consciousness directed is the most powerful force in the universe. And I love that because that kind of connects you to 
God's spirit of the universe. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes, well, I've been nervous through this and, and, uh, and, and I have a daughter, so I really love your frame around, um, teaching kids and she's already my teacher. And like the other day we were playing in a puddle and she just wanted to go back and forth in the puddle and her, your feet got super wet. And I knew that and it was cold out. And a lot of people were just like, no, don't go in the puddle. I'm going to let her do whatever she does and keep her safe. So she knows what that feels like. And, you know, obviously I'm going to keep her safe, but also believe in her abilities. You know what I mean? To, to create a safe container for her to explore. It's kind of like snowboarding. You know, I'm comfortable going off a 70, 80 foot jump, you know, going 80 kilometers an hour. You're comfortable riding a huge wave. A side story, I remember getting a, a surfboard when I was in Mullumbimby, just near you, and I went out in the water, no idea what I'm doing, and um, basically get just dummied when I finally get out there. My sister's on the beach, and somebody makes a comment. It's like, your brother has no idea what he's doing, does he? He's like, no. But I, <laughs> but, but I got to go explore that, and had the waves been bigger, I could have seriously got hurt, but I'm testing my ability. I'm having a faith in myself and that's my right to explore. And if I had a teacher like you, maybe like a brother or a friend scenario, you can guide me to the skills and knowledge necessary for me to grow and advance and experience. And I do think that it's such a great idea and and frame for the kids to nurture that. And what we're trying to do is suppress all of that till we know what's going on. When anybody who's done any kind of critical thinking you understand you basically know nothing and you have got, you're kind of like a caveman going around testing things out, you know, seeing what's harmful. But I want to kind of go the, uh, discuss the idea of authority, you know, authority over another person. And it's a really frustrating thing. Law pisses me off. Um, people having authority, me authority pisses me off. Um, people doing things that are, not just in, uh, I don't know, out of integrity, you know what I mean? They're harming other people. That really bothers me. And law has so much to do with paying the debt to a banker. And I only know a little bit like your, your birth certificate is supposed to be a shipping container receipt and there's admiralty law and it's like the law of the sea. And um, then you're always paying a debt. And I guess if you open the bench, you're like signaling boarding a ship. Is that true? I don't know. But I thought that was an interesting re- reference, right? And so I was like, what in the hell is going on? Why am I always paying these people to exist? And that's what Cal was talking about. Cal Washington, a very fascinating guy. And so maybe you can give us the dumbed down version of natural law and understanding like you you work with a guy uh, or have learned from a guy, Mark, who get, gets people out of even paying their mortgages and some people say they don't pay their taxes and I'm like who's the real person doing that and what level do you need to get to the only frame I have is being in law and security where a, where a teacher was saying you know I didn't I don't pay any of my tickets I don't recommend you try that's what he says I don't recommend you try because they're going to get you but for me like you don't have to and we're trying to wrap our heads around that like what what's going on so maybe you can put what I just said in a very clear way for people to understand <laughs> Okay. So when we're, you, yeah. Okay. So I was trying to like wrap all that into one thing. So when we're born, a corporate or a fictional identity is created. So we're born as a living being. And what you actually have is, you know, when you have a birth certificate, that is your, like your birthing vessel. And then you technically get lost at sea and all that sort of stuff. But you don't have to worry about that. Um, what happens is that in order to give rise to this birth certificate that is a corporate fiction, it's your corporate identity, there is a document that 
comes before that and it's called the source document or the certificate of live birth, depending on what country you're in. Now, what's the difference between those two uh, is the exact representation of the world that we live in. So we have a dividing line and on one side we have the private realm and on the other hand side we have the public realm and they're a mirror image of each other. So the private realm is the world of the living. It's the world of substance. The mirror image opposite is the public realm and that's the world of fiction. And um, the way I'll start with this is just to describe these two certificates and how they work. So the certificate of live birth is where your name's put on it. And then it says, is the newborn stillborn or living? And if you weren't stillborn and if you're around today, then you obviously weren't stillborn. It'll have living circled. That is the certification that you are a living being, but you not taught to use that because that is, that means you would go through your whole life in the private realm, which means nobody has authority over you. So what happens is this certificate in the private gives rise to the birth certificate in the public. And that is the fictional entity, non-living uh, realm. The, the, and so everybody starts using their birth certificate, which actually states that you are a corporate fiction. Now, the way that that is put into line throughout your life is that you in, engage in what's called joinder. And joinder is just when you agree to being the name. When you agree to being that fictional entity, then you then become uh, responsible for anything that that fictional entity accrues. Debts, fines, lawsuits can go to jail, all that sort of stuff. Because it's not living, it is essentially, uh, it's a creature of statute, which means it can be brought under statutory rule. So that's where things like acts, codes, legislations, all that apply to the, the fictional side. So to just clear that up a little more, uh, simplify it, you got the, the private, which is the world we want to be in. And we got the public, which is that fictional world. So to give a few examples in the public, sorry, in the private, the world of substance, we have men and women. The mirror image opposite of that is persons. So if you read an act or anything that's been put out by the government, it refers to a person. Any person's doing this, person's doing this, whatever. They refer to persons and then knowing that that's in the public realm, then you know that that's a fictional entity. Then the mirror image of that, of course, is men and women and men and women are living. So when you go and have a look at those both sides, the living men and women are born with inherent rights and those rights are inalienable. It means they can't be taken away. So therefore, in the world of the living, if you have rights, like if we both have rights, how can I tell, what you, how can I tell you what to do? Or how can you tell me what to do? And that's where you, that um, frustration comes in. You know, you're saying like, how does anybody have authority over me? Like they just don't because you inherently know that. But if you subvert yourself to being a person in that public realm, then you can, with the words that you speak and joining to the name, put yourself under the authority of a governing body. So the way this works is that we have a hierarchy in um, just this is the way natural law works is there's a hierarchy at the top is God creator, Yahweh, whatever words you want to use for that. Then God created man. So the only authority over man is God, the creator. That's the only authority. But what happened then is man. So it goes God, then man, then man created government and then government created uh, statutes, codes, acts, laws, and those sorts of things. And the government also created persons. So if you, if you identify as a person, then you're 
below a government from that hierarchy, God, man, government, and then statutes, codes, acts, laws, and persons. So therefore, if you just attain and maintain your status as a man, you're actually above the government. They, nobody has authority over you except the creator, which brings us down to the only two laws that exist, love thy neighbor and love thy creator. Essentially just means cause no harm. If I don't harm you in any way, there's nothing you can do to fine me or uh, tax me or anything like that because I don't answer to that kind of thing. So then that's the trick is just learning how to differentiate through, you have to undo the dogmatic indoctrination of how we're brought up. And once you undo that, you start to essentially speak yourself, think and act yourself in the world of the private. And a private man or woman is under no jurisdiction. The only way you can, the only way anyone can have power over you is if you give it to them. The only power I have over you is the power that you give me. So then how can you give me power? Well, you can either subvert yourself to me by answering or speaking certain words and language, or as you know, from a martial arts point of view is you literally give your power to me. You, you make me the, uh, the superior um, combatant or something. And there's a, there's you, everyone's seen it. No, this isn't foreign to anybody. You see some uh, uh, like two animals or two people or whatever. It's like one just becomes weaker. They see the other as superior. Therefore the superior one dominates the weaker one, but that's not a natural thing that was given away in most cases. So we can give our power away in a number of ways. And the very fundamental way that that happens is not knowing ourselves. If we don't know ourselves and who we are, how, where's your power? You know, like you're just automatically going to give you your power away. And part of that is that people want it because we're children. As I said, most people are children in adult bodies. Kids need discipline, rules, boundaries, authority. Hey, I can't feed myself. You feed me. And if you, if I have to clean my room and go to bed at this time and do that so that I can get food, that's what I'll do. So in the world of the private, uh, the, a man and woman has rights. Now, the mirror image of that in the public, the mirror image of rights are benefits and privileges. So when you become a ward of the state by agreeing to being a person, by answering to your name, um, by using the language of the, um, by using that, the language that exists in the public, then you are only ever going to allow yourself to have benefits and privileges which are given to slaves. So if you have rights to reserve, for example, you can't be a slave because only the living, only men and women who have rights have rights to reserve. A slave has no rights to reserve. So a slave can't reserve their rights just by nature of who they are or what they are. So this is the, I know that's, that's not maybe as basic as people might like, but that's essentially, the, uh, that's essentially where it lies. You're a man or you're a woman. In the private realm, you have inherent rights. They cannot be taken away. If you subvert yourself to government and other people, then you're essentially in the public realm. You're a person, ratepayer, taxpayer, driver, citizen, resident, all those sorts of things. Those are statutory terms. And you can only ever get benefits and privileges. Matt, you can drive on this road. If you stick to these speed limits, if you buy a license, if you do this, and if you follow our rules. And if you don't, we'll slap you with statutory penalties. If you don't pay those, we'll up them. And if you don't pay those, we'll throw you in jail. Or we'll take your car or your house or whatever. That's what a slave, that's a slave life. You are agreeing to benefits and privileges. And to have those, you are agreeing to... to live within their terms, conditions, codes of conduct, all that sort of stuff. Whereas if you're on the other side in the private as a man or a woman, you're above all that. 
and you only serve two things, the creator and love thy neighbor. That's it. And if you are living like that, you're not harming anybody. So why do you need laws and rules and things? Because that's one of people's first questions, right? They go, well, if there was no laws, wouldn't everybody kill each other? It's like, well, are you killing each other now? You know, like good people aren't, but a lot of people are killing each other. The laws don't stop that. A lot of the laws create violence and unrest in society and, and fragmentation of community, which is what creates the, the monsters within us to do the things that we do to each other. And um, it's not laws. It's not codes and acts and stuff. That's, again, that fear mentality. That's the kid. We need rules. We need boundaries. We need bars around us to, to keep us safe from imaginary predators, where that's not how nature works at all. So it's a fundamental mentality where people need to grow up, learn how to stand on their own two feet and take responsibility for themselves, starting with their health. So the only thing you really have, it's like, that's the first thing you can have control over. How healthy is your mind and how healthy is your body? You have full control over that. And if you're not yet at a stage where you're ready to take that responsibility, then I don't see you taking responsibility over the rest of your affairs where it comes to operating in the private and taking responsibility for your, you know, not only your health, but your well-being, your security, your safety, uh, your enjoyment of life. All of that is your responsibility. But until you're ready to take that, you are on a conscious or unconscious level going to give that away to governing bodies, to bureaucrats, to governments, and to, uh, which is all a false sense of security in the first place, but that's what people are doing. Holy smokes. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> that's a good rundown. And uh, it, it's a great timing. Like I said, I, I interviewed Cal Washington. He went into it and he was, holy smokes, like talking about the Bible as like the, the lead contract. And like I said, he, he was talking about having judges run out of the courtroom. And I've heard of this. And so I'll throw a lot back at you and you can kind of um, pick apart as you wish. All right. So there's also the guy, Russell, Russell J. Gould out there, which I find fascinating. So I, I asked Cal about him. He said, you know, could be like, because there's a lot of strange stuff going on. So he talks about some of this stuff. I've watched some of his videos, right? Same kind of understanding, but he ends up getting thrown in jail, right? Cal ends up going to jail because he doesn't understand the jurisdiction or what he's doing at the time and then figures it out and is able to get past that jurisdiction. The way that he explained it was like, if you are an employee in Walmart at automotive, well, then the authority is that boss. He's not going to make you come in at 1 p.m. in the afternoon in another department or, or at night in another department. That's Walmart in general, not Walmart automotive. Well, that lies in your, your city, which might be Melbourne, which is like the lockdown at central. And then whatever that state is, I don't even know. We'll just- Victoria. Thank you, <laughs> Victoria. And then you've got the Corporation of Australia, all corporations, but the there's jurisdictions outside of that. And like you said, if you're outside of that jurisdiction, you don't have to obey or submit to the one underneath. And so I'm curious about like the tactical side, like how I've, I've heard some people talk about you, you give in your, your birth certificate and you get the certificate of life. Um, but then I think if I, tried that and went through these stages, I wouldn't know what to do. And then it's like when I went to law and security, they would just make assumptions. They would say, open up your trunk, right? There's certain stuff you don't have to do, but they make an assumption. You believe them to have authority. So you end up doing that. And then you implicate yourself because you don't have the knowledge. And also with understanding the words, I remember um, in school, they would say, you know, you think a word means something like a house is a home, but like you said, a person's, 
they deliberately make it so confusing. So you're disempowered. You think it means one thing, but it actually means something else. And the way that I understood what Cal was saying to me, it's like you and I think we're having a boxing match in the judges court. But meanwhile, he's got a gun behind him because we don't know the rules of the game. But when you understand the jurisdiction and what you're playing, you're now at a fair level. And it seems like there is a a higher level of spirituality and also um, like ethics and common decency. Cause I look at law, I think there's a better word. And if you know, it just shout it out, but like, it's unfair. Like what, this is completely unfair. This is unjust. This is complete robbery, right? How can this be the law of the people? This, we know it's not fair. We can feel it and sense it. How is this happening? And so my question, I guess, is like the tactical. What what could a person do and what are those limits? Because I'm reminded of this like Joe Rogan podcast where he talks about Wesley Snipes going to jail for not paying his taxes. And he goes, yeah, some idiot probably told him not to pay his taxes and then he believed him and then they got him. And that's what my process would be with like having a, a daughter. Like I can't mess around. Like I got a daughter and you know, I was like, I better know what the hell I'm doing. Just like in a fight, right? Most people think they can fight, but if they fight you or an I or trade, they're probably going to be toast, right? You want to know what you're doing. And so I'd want to know what I'm doing. And so maybe you can chime in on that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's something that you should take. You should take it as a traineeship or an apprenticeship or something. Don't think that you're going to apply it straight away, but definitely start. It's like anything. It's you're not going to get up into a like a I don't know a harmonic orchestra with a, a month's worth or six months or even a year's worth of playing a violin. You just you're still going to be pretty shit at it. You've got to do that for a long time before you're at that level of being to play at that level. And when you're going into play in courts or with high level authorities, that's, you've got to be good. You know, you, that's, that is the, um, that is the, uh, you know, the orchestra. That's the thing. That's, that's the high stage. You, you can't just get up there with a bit of experience and whatever and, and expect to win uh, because you're really going to, you're going to get booed off stage real quick. And that's what's going to, you'll get kicked out of a court. You'll be thrown in jail. Or, I mean, what happens with some people, like there's a group called creditors in commerce and they're really, really good. And, two or three of them, I think went to jail and, but that's cause they were set up and they were set up mostly over taxes. So I don't recommend when people learn that they don't have to pay tax here, you don't, it's a voluntary compliance system. It always has been, always will be. But if you don't know that to the exact letter of the law, probably don't go pushing that because if you poke a tiger and you poke it in the wrong place and you're not prepared for what happens when it spins around, then you probably gonna, it's not going to end up well. Same with, um, well, same with anything, just a mortgage would be one of the worst things, taxes and mortgages. But at the same time, don't like, don't let that put you off. Don't not start. Don't go for having small wins. So when, when you want to start, start with things that are small. You get a parking ticket, contest that. Um, you know, somebody's saying something about not wearing a mask or whatever, contest that. Like contest the small things that aren't going to get you thrown in jail or compromise your ability to look after your daughter, you know, that kind of thing. So it's not about trying to, um, yeah, because when people wake up to this and they realize that that it's all been a lie and that all of this stuff has been forced on them and they never had to do it. It's like, Oh, you know, they just want to, I don't, I'm not paying taxes ever again. I'm never paying this. I'm never doing that. I'm never listening to a cop. And, and I, and yeah, that's how you're going to feel, but that's not the reality. That's like saying, um, you know, like you said, you know, that's like, that's like some mythological beast coming to town. You go, oh, I'm going to slay the beast, but you've never picked up a sword. It's like, don't pick up that sword until you know how to use it. Otherwise, it'll be used against you. So just, you know, you've got to be a little bit, 
patient. You got to be patient. And I'm still learning. I'm patient. There's some of the things I want to do and I know I don't have the ability to do it yet, but I'm working on that and I will have the ability at some stage. So uh, to get started, I recommend the best thing to learn how to use, I think, is what's called a private administration process. That's the process of using, of either conditionally accepting an offer or um, litigating yourself. It's a three notice process comes from the Bible, like Cal was telling you. Um, it's what they use against us. All we're doing is using the exact same system because it's not a one-way street. Anything they can do, we can do too. All the elite in the world have private trust to protect assets, to not pay tax. We can do the same. We're just not taught that we can use it. All the tools are there, but we just have to find them for ourselves. They're not just given to us. You don't learn it in school. Hey, Matt, when you grow up, get a private trust. When you do this, yeah, make sure you don't pay tax. That school doesn't teach you that. So you have to find it for yourself. So um, start small. Start with a private administration process. I've had so many people get out of just, just handle their affairs. I don't like the word get out of things because you were never contracted to do it in the first place, but it's just handle their affairs. So they're being accosted by somebody. They give a conditional acceptance and it goes away. So many people were told they were going to go to court to have their kids taken away. They start a private administration process with the, um, with, uh, what do you call them? <laughs> Your adversary. And whether that's the husband, the wife, the lawyer or someone else, and it goes away. It just goes away because they know they can't win that when it goes to a courtroom. And uh, yeah, without getting too involved, I just think learning about the private administration process, which is a three notice system, that's a really, really good place to start. Then it's just learning some of the language. Like you said, we are deemed incompetent. We're deemed incompetent in the world of the public because we babble. We don't know what we're saying when we speak. We say one thing, we think we know what we're talking about, but realistically, we're probably saying the complete opposite. And that's the difference between English and legalese. It's like the language that is a, it's a, it's a language that runs like right next to each other the whole way, but they have completely different meanings. So we babble. So we're incompetent. If we go to court and we bring in a lawyer, we're deemed incompetent. If we speak certain words, we're deemed incompetent. And uh, that's well, actually just on that one point, Matt. It's funny how people see the court systems because, yeah, they're corrupt and there's a lot of going on in there. But a lot, not all, but a lot of the judges and magistrates actually want you and I to know who we are. They like it when somebody comes in and speaks the right language who knows who they are, but they'll test them. They'll test you. And it's their right to test you. It's like, are you pretending Matt? Do you really know who you are? Or are you just here pretending? So they'll, they'll try to make you slip up and it's not because they're evil and they're assholes and they're being corrupt. It's because they actually want you to learn who you are. So you can step up to the stage where you like step out of that whole system altogether of authority. And, and they like that. And, but they will test you. And that's, like I said, that's their, that's kind of their, their role to do. They actually do want people to learn this stuff, but they're not just going to give it to you. It's like, a, you know, you've got to learn it for yourself. Uh, no one's just going to tell you how to play drums. You've got to like, you've got to, you've got to play them. You've got to suck at them for a while. You've got to make some mistakes and then you got to, you're going to get good. And uh, yeah, anyway, that's enough of a rant for a, <laughs> one section. Yeah, that was, that was a great section. So my question then would be, how do we start learning, right? Because you, you go down the YouTube rabbit hole. Do you, do you I, mm -hmm. I, it doesn't seem like it's a linear process, but uh, what, what would you recommend for an individual to start? Because I just signed up for the Empower Movement with Cal, and I'm asking mm -hmm. him, I was like, you know, this is specifically for smart meters and 5Gs, and, the, and he does Q&A and things like that. That's one good resource that I'm excited about. I think Mark is creating a resource. Is, how do I 
pronounce his last name? Pitalek? Uh, Patelik. Patelik. Yeah. So I think he is going to create something that you can kind of get good education because that would be helpful, right? You can go learn jujitsu and you know, if you're learning from a Gracie, that's really helpful. And uh, yeah. so you, I want to learn obviously from the highest level people. And if you don't know the Gracies yeah. are the best at jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and also I think about, you know, the sword analogy, right. And, and testing our skills, like on my snowboard, I can go off a 70 foot jump. You shouldn't, go do that because you will definitely whoop yourself if you haven't gotten there. Just like me being an idiot thinking I know how to surf when I don't and just get worked all the way down the shoreline as you were observing, be like, what is this idiot doing? But you also know it's possible. And so that being said, the question is resources for us to get started and have a firm understanding and a guide. And then the second thing is what is possible? I heard that you and Mark are, or he has stories of people getting out of mortgages. So he's suggesting there's a possibility of not paying taxes and there's a possibility of literally not having to pay your mortgage back. And I equate that to surfing a mega wave or, you know, doing an 80 foot, hundred foot jump on your snowboard, like the max level. And I'm, the question is, do you believe that's possible and can confirm it? Yeah, just let me write a couple of things down so I know not to leave any. Oh, no, I'll, I'll remember, don't worry. I was just going to, as you're saying, I've got like 100 notes going off. But to start with resources, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> don't just use YouTube. I would use YouTube as the inspiration. Well, this stuff might be possible, right? That opens your mind. But the problem with YouTube is there's a lot of theory going around. So you do want to go to a resource where people have actual results. It's not theory. They can show you court cases that they've won. They can show you the paperwork that shows there was a debt, now there's no debt. Or there was a litigation process, now it's disappeared. You need to find people like that. From what everything I understand, Cal's great. So if somebody has done, has walked that path, and now they're teaching it based on the results that they've got personally, then go for it. Uh, And there are several different ways of doing things. There's not like anything, there's not only one way. Uh, Mark does have material, it's called solutionsempowerment.com. And that's where I learned. So I learned a lot of stuff that was theory before I found Mark. And it was lucky I didn't try to put it into practice because it would have got me in uh, (laughs) sticky situations because it just wasn't right. It was mostly theory. Then when I found Mark, I've been, I've sued a local government successfully. I've got people trying to litigate against me, got them off my back. Um, I've never paid a fine and um, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. So I recommend definitely seeking out people that are competent and the two guys you mentioned, Mark at Solutions Empowerment and Cal with Empower Movement, I think those are two great places to start. From there, you can probably find references, word of mouth and whatever for other resources that are out there. But every, literally everything that I know and I've been speaking to people about in podcasts is what I've learned from Mark. So, um, I, yeah, that's, you know, I don't pretend to be an expert. I only talk about the things that I've done personally. Going into what's possible... Yes, it's, de- it's possible to not pay million-dollar tax bills, multi-million-dollar tax bills. It's possible not to pay multi-million-dollar mortgages. However, that comes with a little bit of a caveat because that's, that only works as well as the individual involved. So Mark's got people to the stage when he works with them of getting them to basically getting the mortgage discharged. And I'll tell you what, why that's important in a sec. But he can't do it all. So what happens is if the client in a meeting with the bank or later takes a phone call and recontracts, if they haven't learned it, 
it can come undone because they'll undo it. Unless you're at Mark's level, I actually don't suggest doing it. Now, I'm going to get to why, but first of all, I'll tell you what discharge a debt means. In the private realm is money. Money is substance. Now, in the world of substance, money is gold and silver coin, but do we have gold or silver coin anymore? We don't. That was taken out of circulation decades ago. So what was replaced in the public fictional realm is currency and legal tender. That's what we use. Now, that's a debt instrument. So money is substance. Everything in the fictional world is a debt instrument. So what that means is all the notes that we use, reserve bank notes, uh, all that kind of stuff, which is what we call them in Australia, that's a debt instrument. Uh, it's created out of debt. And when you use them, you actually add to the national debt. So what that means is that in the world of the private that has money, you have debt. You know, I bought you, I borrowed something from you or whatever. I owe you because there's money. But in the world of the public, because there's no money, there's no debt. There's only a liability to pay a debt. Now, if it's a liability to pay a debt, that's not a real debt. Again, because there's no money. So what that means is that you can create your own financial instruments. Your own financial instruments are things like promissory notes, bills of exchange, money orders. Um, I think there's a couple others, but they're the three main ones. Or also acceptance for value. That's creating or finishing a, uh, a check, which is when you get like a bill and it's got a payment slip and a dotted line, you can create, you, that's, that's, an, uh, that's an incomplete check. You can complete that and send it back and it discharges the liability to pay the debt. Discharge meaning to move to a future date. That future date is just whenever. That essentially makes it go away. That's what that does. Now, the reason that can happen is because there's no debt. You only have the liability. Your only obligation, because you can't pay the debt because there is no debt, your only obligation is to discharge the liability. And there are several ways you can do that. You can either pay with reserve bank notes, hundreds and fifties and twenties. You can do that. You can write a check, a checking that comes out of your checking account. Those are two ways. Or you can use a promissory note, or you can use a bill of exchange, or you can accept the value, or you can create a money order. And all of these things are at your disposal because it's in the fictional realm. Now, if you use your own financial instrument and you access your credits in treasury, which I'll get to in a second, that brings down the national debt. If you use a debt instrument, reserve bank notes or a checking account, you add to the national debt because you're trying to pay a debt with a debt. doesn't work. Now, when I said your credits in treasury, when you are issued a birth certificate, this is why the birth certificate isn't actually all bad. It's only bad when you use it as identification because it cements your status as an entity. That's why you want to use your uh, source document or certificate of live birth as a source of identity if you're, for whatever reason, going to court, identifying yourself, whatever. But the birth certificate, when that's created, there's an account made in your name. And that account is, some say it's equivalent to your birth weight in gold, some say it's equivalent to whatever. Realistically, there's just millions and millions of dollars in there. That's traded on the stock exchange. So in the world of commerce, when you go and sign for anything, let's say you want to take out a credit card, a personal loan or a mortgage. The only thing that creates the money, which is actually just credits, is your signature. It's called securitization. When you sign for something, your signature is what creates the credits. They, they don't exist in the first place. There's no money anymore. So um, you can use that to your advantage to do 
create your own financial instruments, like I say, which is promissory notes, bills of exchange, money orders. And your signature, when you complete it properly, creates that number of credits and it discharges that liability to pay the debt. Um, there's a number of different ways that that can work, but that's the basics of it. So that means that if you have a big tax bill, for example, let's say you owe $5 million in taxes for the year. There's, three, there's a few ways you can handle that. One, you can conditionally accept that offer because in the world of commerce, it's only offers and acceptance. The tax office is a corporation. They're putting out an offer to your corporate identity, the Matt Belair that's the corporate fiction. And they're saying, you, we want you to pay us $5 million. But because that's an offer, you can, there's, it's, like, it's like me saying, um, you know, come and clean my, uh, do my garden. And, but I have to offer you something and I'll give you a hundred dollars. You can, you can turn that down. You can either go, well, yeah, I will come, but only if I only work for two hours, that's a conditional acceptance or no, I don't want to do it. You're just saying that's, there's, there's, there's no contract, no agreement, or you can completely agree. Yep. Let's do that. That's fair. But there's a meeting of the minds. There's a negotiation. There's agreement. That's how contracts work. So, oh, that's how agreements work. And so, uh, <laughs> When they offer that to you, you can just conditionally accept, hey, yeah, sure, I'm happy to pay you $5 million, Mr. Tax Office, just on the condition that one, you can show that uh, taxation applies to a living man or a woman. Two, you have the authority to actually uh, tax us in this country. Three, whatever, three, four or five, just different points that they can't actually provide. Then when they can't provide that under the rules of commerce, they're in default. So you've offered to pay, so you're in honor in commerce, but because they've not been able to... Um, to essentially supply the particulars that you're asking for, then there's no agreement, then there's no contract. So you don't owe them money. Or you can just create a promissory note and sign it with your city, do all the things that a promissory note, it's too much to go into detail of how to do that in a podcast. But Mark's site, Solutions Empowerment, has modules on how to create promissory notes, bills of exchange and um, money orders. So you can learn this stuff. Cal might have the exact same, I just don't know his material. And so you can learn how to do that and therefore you can create a $5 million promissory note and send it to the, the uh, tax office. They'll securitize that because of your signature and there's some certain, which is the amount in writing that's on there. And then it discharges the liability. They actually get that $5 million in credits because if they have a chief financial officer and a legal department and an accounts department, they have the ability to securitize a signature. So why can't you and I do that? Well, we're not big enough. We don't have more than a $5 million annual turnover. We don't have an accounts department or whatever. So if you do work for me in my garden, I just go here, Matt, here's a promissory note for you know, 500 bucks. You're like, well, what the hell do I do with that? Like you can't, you can't use that. So these only apply in the world of commerce with big companies, okay? But it's only big companies that fine us, tax us and send us bills. So when it's a private agreement, look, Matt, if you come and do my garden, I'll give you a hundred bucks. That's an agreement and we have to honor that. If I don't honor that, and I just go, I'm not paying you, Matt, then you can take me to court because I breached agreement. But when somebody's offering a fine, you haven't agreed to it. You didn't agree to pay it. You didn't agree that you would pay a fine if you did this, that, or the other. We well, technically do if you signed for a license, but that's a different story. But do you know what I mean? They just offer all this stuff and we don't know that they're offers. So we accept them. We accept them verbally. We accept them by um, not knowing what we're doing in the rules of commerce, whether we... Um, Fully accept, conditionally accept, refuse or remain silent. The first two are honorable. Full, uh, full acceptance, conditional acceptance. Dishonoring commerce is uh, arguing or um, you know, refusing or remaining silent. And if you remain silent, that's your assent. You technically agree.
under the rules of commerce. So to answer your question about mortgages, when you sign a mortgage agreement, from what I've just said, you would know that they don't create any money. They don't lend you any money. They type out the number of credits. That's a sum. Now, to make that number of credits, you, you put your signature, they securitize that signature, that immediately they get paid. They create that number of credits because of your signature. Then what happens is they have the audacity to say, now you keep paying me with your own money. You have paid them when you sign it. So then you end up paying three or four times the amount that they never lent you in the first place. And that's why you don't have to pay a mortgage back. However, personally, I don't think people should be discharging mortgages left, right and center. Number one, if you engage banks, you're personally responsible for inflating and increasing all of the prices of everything. That's why a house costs a million dollars to buy these days. If there was no such thing as borrowing money and engaging banks, houses would be available for anybody on any modest income. That's how it would work. We only inflate and increase prices based on the fact that we're greedy and we borrow more than what we have to, to get some future existence that doesn't exist now. No native culture ever lived like that. That's why they were successful and harmonious. We do. That's why we wreck the earth and we wreck relationships and we wreck ourselves. So I've got, I mean, everyone can do what they want. Me personally, I don't have any debt and I won't engage in debt because there's a certain element of even if you just bought, took out a credit card for five or 10,000, where is the exchange if you go and spend money and uh, it's all on material stuff like you're consuming, but then if there's nothing that kind of balances that out, then there's a higher level of uh, flow of energy that's just kind of like a bit, bit broken and it's going to come back in other ways. I think it's a bit destructive. So I don't think it's relevant for people to go and get a million dollar mortgage or a half million dollar mortgage, discharge it and then just get a free house, but then not offer it. Like maybe if you, put, if you gave two rooms to homeless people, because you're not paying for it. So why should they, you know, unless you pass it forward, pay it forward. I don't think it's, I mean, I'm not, that's not a judgment from my point of view. It's just that knowing the way the mechanics of the world works, I think that there's still, there's a lack of exchange there. You've accrued a material thing that didn't come for free. It came from resources. It came from, you know, like pollution of stuff, this, that, and the other. And then if, unless that's balanced out, then, um, then there's issues there. And so this is the concept of self-enrichment. That's why you can't, actually, I have heard that some people can, but I still haven't seen firsthand evidence myself. But that's why you can't just dip into your reserves in treasury to just go buy shit. I'll just buy a private jet. I'll just buy $5 million of gold bullion. I'll just go live in Hawaii for five years and never work. Like you can't just tap into it like that, but it's there to provide your remedy if you can't afford something. So let's say you get, you know, your electricity bills and things and you're like, shit, I've been out of work for three months. I literally cannot pay these gas bills to have warmth for my family so I can make food and provide warmth. That is a fundamental right, uh, not right, uh, entitlement based on the fact that we have a government. So you can't go hungry, cold and homeless. You just can't. A government is forsworn to protect its people. So if you cannot pay your gas bill because you don't have a job, then you can access your credits in treasury to discharge the liability for that debt so that you can have utilities, a roof over your head and, um, and warmth and food and things like that. But you can't just go, oh, I feel like a Ferrari this week. I'm going to dip into that fund. You know what I mean? Because one is self-enrichment and one is just uh, supporting your base needs that a government is forsworn to provide for you. And so that's why there's a bit of a line between do you just go discharging your mortgages and then what if everyone ends up with free houses? Then what, that, what that's going to do to the economy and the already busted banking system is means that no one else can afford a house because you've just got all this endless money 
which devalues it and then houses cost $80 million. And if you make $25 an hour or $18 an hour, is how are you ever going to buy a house? So it just, do you know what I mean? I think that went off on a lot of tangents, but that kind of explains that you don't have to pay a mortgage. You don't have to pay any loans given by a bank. You don't have to pay any tax or any fine because they are all offers to contract under commerce. But there's, um, there's like, there's anomalies within all of those. Um, definitely using that access, accessing credits in treasury to pay fines, taxes, lawsuits, um, anything like that. Cause that's all unjust. That's all forced contracts offers. They don't exist. Nobody was harmed. There's no taking from anything to get. That's just all like forced oppressive taxation on people. Discharge all of that. That's that actually makes the world a better place, but getting free shit and not doing any work for it. And then, you know what I mean? That's not making the world a better place. Um, but that's not to say people shouldn't do it because everybody's circumstances are different. I just wanted to lay like the, the overall picture before people get excited about doing everything with, uh, from a monetary sense, because you know, that's just where humans gravitate. It's like, Ooh, hang on. I can, I can not, maybe not work because working. Don't forget. That's only the, the destructive nature of our system is that we have a dis, uh, a disassociation with what work is like work. You should want to work because work should be what you are creating with your God given body and abilities and life force to create something great in the world, not just for yourself, but everyone knows, well, unless you're a sociopath, you know, it feels better to give something than to just get something back. And that's what we should be doing with work, creating something valuable. It shouldn't be just going and doing menial tasks for a minimum wage. You know, I hate my job. I'm only doing this to pay taxes and bills. That's not what work is. Work is what we're creating with our, with our um, creativity and our life force. That's what it is. It should be joyful. You should want to do that. And because if we all do that, then we're serving a greater whole, a greater good. And that provides all of us tenfold for more than we ever need, which has nothing to do with money. It's to do with, uh, with inner fulfillment. And most people don't get that from their work because they approach work in a, in a different way than it's meant to be by nature. So we should want to work. We should want to create and give and make and create value. But we associate that with a monetary value, which is usually at odds with this higher or spiritual value of something holy smokes man my brain is hurting and i'm like i was like following along but i appreciate how much information you wrapped up in a a short time because i know it's a ton of information to try to give a a breadth and scope and not to mislead right like talking about uh, mark's work in in the um the mortgages, it's kind of like, again, we'll go to the surfing analogy. You know, you might be able to tow me into a really big wave and set it all right. But I at least have to have the skill to ride down. Or like, if you're going to get a helicopter, it's like, I could take you with this helicopter to the top of this mountain, but you got to get down. You're going to have to be able to stand on your own two feet. I can't hold your hand the whole entire way. So if you haven't done the work to really understand yourself and what you were doing, um, this might not be the level that you're at right now. But hey, this is a level that is doable. And I like how you were sharing the distinction of, uh, you know, discharging these these fines and these laws, right? Because people, they, they said in Thanksgiving, you could be fined. This, that's why my uncle didn't want to have Thanksgiving, because he didn't want to get fined. So right now, our government, 
in an authority that I didn't sign up for is saying that, you know, you can't get together for Thanksgiving and it freaked out my family Thanksgiving because he was afraid yeah. of that. And that to me just, it felt wrong. It made me very angry. Um, I was upset with my uncle, but like, I just, you know, like I was in my own world. I was like, I, he's afraid of all this. He's buying into it. Um, but then that disrupts our family from some sort of agenda that really comes down from world health organization. When you go all the way up and those corrupt bunch of people doing this crap. So that's a side note. Um, but, uh, there's so much more that I want to ask you more. I know you got to run in a little bit. So what I'll do is I'll ask a very broad question and you can take at it as you wish. Um, okay. Where do you see us? I'll just throw a lot of things that I would have asked you. You know, what do you think the limits of human potential are moving in a positive way? Do you think we're trending in a positive way um, okay. as this kind of unfolds? Cause it looks a bit crazy. And how do, how do you see, and again, just pick whatever one you want because it's gonna. I like to ask big questions yeah, that to cool. people who I really, you know, dive deep. Like, what do you think is actually going on here in the human existence? Right, you're aware of Rockefeller's World Health Organization. You know what I mean? You're aware of all that kind of stuff, but you're also somebody who like lives in the forest, right? And we kind of pull you out of the forest because we're like, hey, Tom, we need your help because these guys keep bugging us. But rather, you'd like to surf and contribute and learn and educate and have a human experience. And with that comes a connection with God, source, the universe, and, and consciousness and a potential most people don't really explore, which is my favorite thing. It's like, you know, I had yeah. some mystical experiences in Mullumbimbi in meditation through doing practices. So with all that, um, you know, what do you want to say in five or 10 minutes or less? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I think question. <laughs> no, I think the potential is, um, you know, so we need, we need stress and adversity in a lot of cases to realize potential. And I think that's what the world's providing. And I really think that the reason that I'm not, I don't not like this and I actually find it quite exciting is that I'm looking forward to seeing what that stokes in the potentiality of humans to see where it takes it. And it's, it can be something to do. It can be simple stuff like just breaking out of this mentality that, that people currently have to move to a world of more, uh, you know, self-reliancy, self-sufficiency and self-governance. I see that. But I also see it as, you know, like what other potentialities is that unlocking to like from communication points of view to move, moving to all these things that people think are in the mythical realm, like teleportation and, um, you know, reading people's minds and communicating without words and, and, uh, and, and a much higher connection to a source and astral traveling and doing all these things, which a lot of people already do but it becoming more widely available or more widely accepted and experienced by the masses. And so that's where I think that tends not to happen while you're sitting on a beach, sipping my ties, you know, it's like, that's real comfortable. Why are you thinking of anything other than that? It's what happens when you're like forged under pressure and in a fire and that kind of thing, you know, that's when you really start realizing it's like, that's why competition is so great because you can train in a gym or you like, and you can definitely be good and you can reach a certain level of whatever. And competition isn't all about winning and losing and trophies. It's about you, you attaining the highest level of ability within yourself or potentiality. And that's why I think competition in sport is so important and not just giving everyone a medal for, um, <laughs> for participating because, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I get the whole thing of just lauding winners and everyone else is a loser. Like I get that, but you want to be competing in certain things because that does unlock that potentiality. And so I think with what we're seeing in the world now, it's literally just for me, it's an instigating um, energy. It's an instigating energy 
for people to unlock something, but it's a choice. That's the thing. It's like, I've seen that I've like, I spent a time around kids and like, I've seen the eyes of like nine year olds particularly. And I'm just like, I see in you, you're more advanced than me. I'm like, I, I would love to know what your potential is and what you can teach us adults about the world, but it's only a potential because if they just start getting sucked into the, just the teenage stuff and then the Facebook and this and that and the other, that, that's only potential. That doesn't mean that they are going to be more advanced and show us what we're capable of. It's just a potential. Uh, it has to be realized. It has to be taken and worked at. So well, that's what I think we're seeing. I think we're seeing a potentiality and that potentiality can go both ways. I think some are going to self-destruct and others are going to blossom and flourish. And uh, that's up to every individual. And everybody has the same ability to choose. It's not based on uh, societal status, the amount of money you do or don't have, the, the place in the world that you live. That's, it's, that's an equal field. That's an equal ground. That choice, as whether we flourish or we decline based on what's happening in the world at the moment. Uh, as far as, yeah, I don't know. I, what, what else did you want me to, does the potentiality and the, um, yeah, were you asking where the world's going or is it just the potentiality of within yeah, humans? Pat- well, I asked you a lot of big ones just to see what you want to dive into. I, lo- I love your answer. And, um, you know, for those listening, you, you know, who knows what the potential of, uh, of uh, a person is, but you could potentially be myself projected forward if people are looking at the screen and realize how similar we look. Um, you know, <laughs> one of us could definitely be the projection of the consciousness of someone else in a, in a different place. Um, and, but I guess the, the bigger questions I was asking is your view on like, I love that of how things are shaping out for our adversity. Do you think that I think it's going to get worse and then it's going to get better? That's my hope because I think it's like this globalist clamp down because there's a lot of public information that says what they're trying to do. And I think the potential of humanity and I feel like, you know, the God force, the nature force, the righteous force is with like truth and freedom and freedom and expansion. And it is not for oppression and, you know, this Luciferian uh, fricking clampdown. I like it's Rupert Sheldrake, uh, his quote that says uh, anything that seeks to restrict or bind by definition is Luciferian, you know what I mean? Or manipulate. And, and, and that's what's happening here to, to the greatest degree. And so it can be terrifying for people waking up to that. So my, my, my question is just like, how do you see things trending and what do you think is going on in this world as far as like, as you know, this, we'll say this for another podcast, but like Egypt and UFOs and past lives and like firmament and all kinds of weird stuff that we should definitely, uh, you know, have a campfire and chat about sometime. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm more than happy to do another one if you want to go into those, um, those kinds of topics, but as far as what I agree with you, I think it's going to get better and then, sorry, get worse and then get better. But there's two ways that that could happen. One is that it gets worse and because, sorry, the getting better part can happen in two ways. One, they try to just do this last push to really just put this globalist agenda in and it just falls apart. It falls apart under its own bullshit. Too many people are awake now. We're not having it. And, um, and therefore it just crumbles and things more or less go back to where they were. But the thing is with that is that where we were was never good in the first place. It's what led to where we are now. The other way it can go is that that globalist agenda does get solidified and put in. And then what happens is because nature is a self-regulating system, a lot of us are going to just completely withdraw from that altogether. We're going to go say, screw all this stuff that these benefits and privilege we're being offered. We actually want to take life by the reins and we're writing it. So then it's like all these off-grid communities, homeschooling, um, you know, like 
all this stuff that a lot of people want anyway. Like I want to live close to nature. I want to grow my own food. I want to educate my own kids. I don't want people giving me licenses to pick up a firearm so I can go hunting or whatever. It's like, I don't need that because I have my own competence and my own ability and God gave me all this stuff. And that's, that's here. I don't need your permission to do this. And so all of this stuff that people wanted all the time or for a long time, we've wanted this in the first place. It's just like the last thing. It's like that instigating thing. It's like, now here's the uh, stimulus. Now here's the result. We actually do just break off and do that. So I do see the outcome either way as positive. I, I think the same as you, it's going to get worse first, then that's going to either collapse and then we're going to be relatively free again, or it's not going to collapse, but then we just break away. And we just essentially have almost like separate things. You have your people who are chipped and live in smart cities. And then you have your people that live uh, in nature and fend for themselves. And uh, I, I don't know which way I'm going, but it's like, that's a choice too. Everybody has that choice. They might think that they don't, but they really do. We always have a choice. So that's where I, I think it's going. Uh, and either way for me is positive, the outcome in the end. Amazing. Man, this has been a, a real pleasure to talk to you and listen. We'll definitely have to do it again. Uh, yeah. Where can people find you and your information? You're doing a little bit more videos, doing more podcasts now. So where can people follow yeah. your work? Yeah, so I've got a site that's almost ready. It's tombarnett.tv. That's currently just a landing page with mailing list. So if you go there, you can jump on the mailing list. And then that is where, because like you were saying, you know, you got banned from Facebook and you got mates that are like, man, I'm trying to get banned, but it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> like I've, been, I've been blocked quite a lot of times and I'm surprised that I'm actually still on Facebook and YouTube. So we're just compiling all this material and then there'll be a membership. It's always going to be free, but there'll be a membership option if people want to support like, that you know like five bucks a month or whatever and then when that starts going ahead like that then i can actually spend more time doing live streams and q a's and podcasts and everything else so it's it's more just a, a platform where i just share more information and then also let others share information like get mark and people like that who are real experts in their individual fields like i, I think i've done a pretty good job of like getting decent in a few different fields but then there's guys like mark who are like way beyond me in that particular field you know and then there's like paul check who i learned health from who's way beyond me in health and you know like that kind of thing so i'll bring in what i've learned from a number of different fields to get to a people to a competent level but then also bring in like real experts in individual fields to help you know bring in that kind of information so that's the plan amazing sounds good well i'm excited that uh, both ways you see it are positive so thanks so much for your time man i look forward to staying in touch and uh yeah i just sure. appreciate it okay guys thanks man yeah, my pleasure. See ya. See you, man.